2: Hey there Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? Well, this week I am continuing the series Weird But Funny Dream Sequences. So yes, I'm going to be covering episode 15 of season 7 in of Full House, entitled The Test. The test aired January 11th, 1994. In this episode, DJ stresses out overtaking the SATs, despite her family's reassurances that it's quote-unquote just a test. Yeah. (laughs) This episode's got a 7.0 out of 10, based on 176 ratings. We do have some familiar faces that are guest starring. Speaking of, Vanna White, who plays herself in the dream sequence, and... Mrs. Moffat, she'll be the actual person giving out the SATs. We have Beverly Archer as Miss Twitchell, who you may recognize as, is it? Iola Lucille from Mama's Family. I watched some of Mama's Family. She was also in an episode of Elf. This is like, she's one of those... Character actresses. Oh, she was in the Brady Bunch movie as a, a teacher that Bobby Brady caught stealing school supplies. Oh my goodness. But yeah, this lady, she is in a. She's been in so many, you know, TV show episodes. Uh, she was in the movie Vice Versa, which I covered that during the Summer of Savage when I was covering the show the wonder years so yeah um jacob kenner as boy student <gasps> he was the uh, bully number two in beethoven <clears throat> okay yeah he was also in the movie heart and souls i definitely want to cover that on the looking back on my wonder years podcast so, uh oh he was almost he was also in almost home which is the sequel show to the torkelsons also a very good show so, yeah, good on him, good on him. This episode was directed by John Tracy. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, Dan Chasen, and Linda Lane. Okay, so it's nice. I got a uh, a lady on there writing. Okay, we got some user reviews, which I will get to. Let's see if we go. Oh, we got some trivia. In DJ's dream, Vanna White as herself reveals the test results in the style of her job on Wheel of Fortune. When she inserts a test in the t- into the testomatic, the machine emits the icon sound generated by the wheel. When the machine returns DJ's test, shredded due to her getting every single question wrong, it emits the sound heard when the wheel lands on um, Bankrupt. Okay, well, I will definitely be listening for that. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we got a goof here. When Danny and Becky argue about what to do for their show, Becky refers to the giant chocolate bunny as a rodent. Rabbits are lagomorphs, not rodents. Yes, when I got my rabbit Elvie back in 2005, I definitely read up a lot on rabbits being lagomorphs. Another goof. Stephanie speaks a phrase in French. Le fromage certainly. I can't French. She translates that to there's cheese on my nose. The phrase in French actually translates to the cheese is on the nose. Stephanie's translation would have been correct if she said sieste fromage sur mon uh, good for Good for that. That's great. Okay, let's see if we got any user reviews. Okay. So we got... 5 out of 10, titling this blah. Like, yeah, it's, it's an alright episode. So this was from April 1st of 2019 by Daniel Beretti. The episode tries to hinge itself on one story. Not a bad idea, but it does not execute well here. DJ is freaking out over her SATs. Everyone keeps saying it's just a test, but that only adds to her stress. She has a nightmare about everything bad that could happen does happen, Maybe it is just because I cannot relate to SATs. I am from Canada and we have no such tests. I'm sure that if I could relate to taking an SAT, I would like this more. And of course, 10 out of 10 by Taylor Kingston, titling this The One with the SATs. This is from November 7th, 2015. Warning, spoilers. I absolutely love this episode. If... It is one of my all-time favorite episodes from the season, and is in my top 30 episodes from the entire series. I just love this episode. It's so fantastic. In this episode, it's time for DJ to take the SATs, and she is majorly stressing out about it. Her family try to reassure her that it's just a test. When we all know it's not just a test. The day of the test, everything that could go wrong does. She wakes up late, has to go in her pajamas, doesn't have the right equipment, and her family members randomly show up to try and help her. One even shows up with a breakfast burrito which has walkie-talkie in it, that's right, so he can tell DJ the answers from the answer sheet he stole. But then, thankfully, she wakes up and turns out, That it was just a nightmare. She was able to make it to her test on time, and after that mess, she finds that she's not as stressed out anymore. Best part of the episode? Everything. Overall, I give this episode a 10 out of 10, which in my ratings book is freaking redonkulous. Yes. (laughs) Um, See, yeah, I never took the SATs when I was in high school. I guess you don't have to when you're in special ed. So, um, no, but I do remember taking, like, I thought it was, like, the MEEP in junior high, or the ACT, or whatever. And it's just, like, mm, I could care. I <laughs> really, mm, no. So, of course, before I officially get in the episode, I want to let you Tanner Newbies, who have just tuned into the podcast, I want to welcome you. I cannot talk. It is 11.44 in the morning. I want to welcome you aboard the Tanner train. So, first of all, if you want to find out how you can find the podcast on social media, the Facebook page, <laughs> the podcast has a Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Land to Holy Chulupas Full House Fuller House Podcast will pop up in the search bar. Also, Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. And then Twitter, OMHC. Full House. Also, if you'd like to email the podcast with your thoughts on previous episodes or future episodes, your memories, your top five character lists, your top five worst or best episodes, I or even if you made up a story, if you wrote a little fan fiction of the Tanner family and you want to share it, I would be more than happy to read it. So, yeah, if you want to get heard on the podcast, just email me at uh, podcast at com. I always put the uh, email address in the episode description on SoundCloud. Also, if you're new to the podcast, I want to let you know that this is a clean, family-friendly podcast, Full House, Fuller House podcast. There are many Full House podcasts out there. Unfortunately, a lot of them have adult content, so they are not suitable for young listeners ears I wanted to be the opposite of that I want to give full house fans an option to be able to hear the podcast without if you know if they got kids I don't want them to like oh well I gotta turn this off my kid can't hear this no this is for you and your kids to enjoy and share in your full house and fuller house memories exactly so all right without further ado let's jump into the test but first we get to see that beautiful nugget of footage called the cold open. All righty, wow! The cold open set in the living room. We got Joey jamming out, listening to his Walkman, laying on the couch with a plate of brownies on his, on his tumtum. And of course, Michelle comes in with Nikki and Alex. And right away, the tw- Nikki and Alex notice that Joey's got a plate of brownies, like brownies. And Michelle's like, "Shh, you gotta be sneaky." I don't know whether Joey is mimicking, I think he's like mimicking an air guitar, because he's got his arm out, like he's holding, um, what, the fret section, or whatever you want to call it, and then of course strumming the strings of the guitar. Michelle goes around the table, and then she kind of like, with her hand, just like, come on, come on, come on, to the, the twins. Oh, Joey's going to open inside like, ah, uh, what are you doing? Well, that's why that book was sitting on the coffee table. I'm like, that book looks like it's seen better days. But yeah, she picks up a book with a green cover, and she tells the boys, when I count to three, pick up the plate. And then she's going to put the book in the pl- in place of the plate. <laughs> that never works. We've seen cartoons. It only works in cartoons. This is an interesting shot. I've never seen a shot like this where it's actually right where Joey's head would be, and we're looking down at one of the twins getting ready to pull the plate away. And I'm like, I've never seen a shot like this. This is very creative. I mean, sure, you could have shot it from the side, but it's, like, this interesting. So she counts one, two, three. The boy, uh, twin takes the plate, pulls it away. She puts the book on top. And she goes to walk away, and Joey, like, reaches a hand... And grabs her by the back of her overalls and, like, uh, you think that I wasn't, he wasn't sleeping! His eyes were closed, but he is 100% awake. And Michelle's like, oops, busted. And Joy's like, okay, you little brownie nabber, hand over the baked goods. I'd be like, well, I don't have them. Nikki and Alex have, well, actually, now they're in their stomachs. Brownies are in their stomachs. Sorry, Joy. Should have been faster. Like, as soon as the plate moved, my hand would have went right to it. Like, what are you doing? Michelle <sniffs> looks over at Nikki and Alex like, you heard the man. The kids' faces are, Nikki and Alex' faces are covered in chocolate. There are no brownies left, of course. With little kids, they'll, like, grab food, shove it in their mouths. Like, that's gone. Sorry. I love how one twin is, like, holding the remains of her brownie up. Like, Zoe. <laughs> Oh, this is adorable! One twin is feeding the other twin! Aww. So cute. Isn't that cute, Quinny? No? Okay. She's sleeping. She's taking her early afternoon nap. And he's like, thank you! And the other twin's like, welcome! <laughs> Aww.
0: Kill your
3: little brownie nabber. Hand over the baked goods.
2: You heard the man.
0: <laughs>
2: Aww. So, awesome. so we have we come out of the intro, we are in the kitchen. We got Joey at the kitchen table. He's peeling potatoes. Which is going to be a running joke kind of throughout the episode and in the fantasy or the weird dream sequence. And here, Jesse is like, oh, they forgot to cancel the stamp. I guess usually when, you know, you send something through the mail. Usually when you get something in the mail with a stamp, it usually has like, um, I guess, something on it to kind of like, you can't use the stamp again. Which, you really shouldn't do that. And Joey starts about saying how, you're going to be, you're going to wind up in jail. That is illegal. You can't do that. How is he going to use the stamp? Because it's probably dried out. And the fact that he was being able to take it off that paper without any residue from the envelope or anything that you're able to just, you know, this is back before they had self-adhesive stamps. This is back when you had to lick the back of the stamp. 29 cents. In 1994, a stamp was 29 cents. Now I think it's like 48 or 49 cents a stamp. That is just nuts. It's probably 50 cents a stamp by now. Yeah, Jesse's like, it's called saving 29 cents, or in your language, half an Almond Joy. Okay, so if that's the case, then back in 94, uh, Almond Joy candy bar cost 60 cents. I don't even think you can get a candy bar at a place for 99 cents anymore. I think it's like a buck ten or something like that. I remember when candy bars were under a dollar at one point. If I try to think far enough back, I might even remember when they were probably like 50 cents. Joey is kind of blowing this out of proportion as DJ and Kimmy come in. Joey's like, hey, Deech, talk to your uncle before he ends up in an episode of America's Most Wanted. Joey, that is for, like, high-end criminals, people robbing banks, people, like, committing murders and maybe some major fraud, but stealing a stamp? I don't think that's an ep- No one would watch that episode of America's Most. That probably would honestly, though, be the tamest episode of America's Most Wanted. Although I gotta ask, what is a creepier theme song? Unsolved Mysteries theme song from the 90, 80s and 90s or The X-Files theme song? They're both very, very creepy. But definitely Unsolved Mysteries really ooh, freaked me out as a kid. But a few years ago, they had, a, I think they might still have an Unsolved Mystery episodes on Amazon. And eventually it's like one day I just like, watching like a marathoning through a couple you know hand picking certain episodes that looked interesting. So, Joey is just so concerned. He's like he Jesse's trying to cheat the US Postal Service. I got to give props to the red cookware and the red tea kettle since you all who have probably been my fa- you know, have been listeners for a while now, you know my favorite color is red. <laughs> and Jesse's like I'm not cheating, and Joey's like, correction, stealing, and Joey's, Jesse is like, fine, fine, you want the stamp so bad, here, and he takes it, licks the back of it, and sticks it to Joey's forehead. i just throwing it in the trash. Okay, now we get closer inspection upon this stamp. It's a stamp on a piece of a corner of an envelope. You're not reusing that stamp. You're just not. So, here we go. DJ, her first bringing up the SATs, like, hey guys, I would love to stay and chat about stamps and stealing stamps and cheating the U.S. Postal Service, but my SATs are tomorrow, remember? So, I gotta, like, study. Like, every minute, every second of this day, I gotta be hitting the books. And what's sad is, even though she does study and she takes the SATs and everything like that, she still doesn't get into her dream school of Stanford. Stanford have a veterinary program because I kind of wonder if she went, maybe she went to Berkeley because she was accepted there. We learned later. And then maybe she eventually, you know, transfers to Stanford like her sophomore or junior year and graduates from Stanford's veterinary clinic. I don't know. Boom. First mention of Stanford. She says this test, the SATs. Determine which college I get into, and if I don't nail this, I'm not going to go to Stanford. You're not going to go to Stanford anyway, even if you do best SATs. I'm sorry, DJ. Oh, my God. Okay, that is a necklace. It's not a choker. You guys know how I feel about chokers. I don't like them. Never have. Oh, chance looks at Kimmy, he's like, hey, Kim, Kimmy, where are you playing? Clown college? This will come back <laughs> later on <laughs> in that dream sequence. And to Jesse's surprise, Kimmy actually has a connection to Clown College. She says, "Well, I do have an in. My uncle G- G- Gibbo is the dean." And we got to look at Kimmy's sweater here. What is it? No, it's not a sweater. It's a vest, and I'm looking closely on it. It looks like someone took a bunch of like scrunchies and made them into a vest. But then again, we know like season Early on, Kimmy's outfit, I mean, season four onward, but definitely, I'd say the height of Kimmy's cray-cray fashion is going to be seasons seven and eight and six, but definitely seven and eight. They get really wild. I
3: didn't cancel a stamp. Got myself a freebie.
2: (laughs) You can't reuse that.
3: Hey, what are you doing? I'm going to use a stamp again. No, you're not. It's called Saving 29 Cents. Or in your language, half an Almond Joy. <laughs> hey, DJ, talk to your uncle before he ends up in an episode of America's Most Wanted. I He's think trying he to cheat the U.S. Postal I'm service. service. I'm not cheating. Oh, correction. Stealing. Right, fine, fine. You want the stamp? Here. Here's a stupid stamp. There you go.
1: <laughs> Guys, I'd love to stay in chat, but my SATs are tomorrow, remember? The that determines what college I get into. If I don't nail this, I'm not going to go to Stanford.
3: Hey Kimmy, where are you applying? Pound College?
1: <laughs> well, I do have an in. My uncle Gibbo's the dean.
3: Why am I not surprised?
1: <laughs> we have to study.
3: Hey Jess, look what I made. This potato kind of looks like Joe Pesci. <laughs> funny.
1: Okay, funny like like what? Like I'm music something like a French fry? Like okay, hey, right, okay, like what? Huh?
2: I, Did
3: have, I have one word. Don't
2: sound Joe Pesci. Dating. What
3: are you looking at?
1: Are you looking at me? I'm looking back at you, you little
2: spudhead. So DJ grabs Kimmy and is like, uh, we have to study. And they head upstairs. And this is a bit with this potato and Joey and his Joe Pesci impression, and I gotta say. I don't really find it funny. I mean, maybe I did as a kid, but it's just like, eh. And Jesse is just like, Joey, I have one word for you. Dating. And Joey's looking at the potato, and he's doing the taxi driver Robert De Niro impression. Like, you talking to me? I'm not doing that. But you uh, are like, you looking to me? Look back at you, you little spudhead. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. Right, so I can understand how, because now we're up in DJ's room. She's got a little TV. Kimmy, of course, is sitting on, I don't know if you call it like a little ottoman. It's got a seat cushion on it. It almost looks like it's a little chair in a way, just without a back on it. But Kimmy's watching Wheel of Fortune while DJ is going through a textbook or her SAT book with a highlighter and just highlighting as much stuff as she can. And Kimmy is literally screaming the title of the show. Wheel of Fortune! Like, I, I feel like, Kim, Kimmy, I, look, I'm, I'm studying. If if you're not here to study, just just go home. Because eventually, yes, DJ is going to get to that level of stress. Where she's like, this test is so important. She is so, she wants Stanford University so bad she can taste it. And she thinks, this is my only shot. This is my only way in. If I don't get in, because we know later on she does get into Berkeley but we don't know that amount of time from 1995 all the way to 2016. And that amount of time, what hap- what happened? I mean, we know she becomes a vet. Does she eventually transfer from Berkeley to Stanford University? And you know what really well. The scholarship thing doesn't exactly have anything to do with her not getting into Stanford, because the lady isn't from Stanford University's scholarship program. I had no idea. I guess, I, maybe just for TV shows they make house calls, because I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe back then I was, you had to go in. They don't come to you. You go to them. What time is this airing? I mean, she got out of school. It's probably going to be about five o'clock. I know that there was a time during the day. I swear that Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune were on during the day. And then they were on at night. My sister tells the story (laughs) about how after dinner, my grandparents would sit down (laughs) to watch Jeopardy. And my grandma would just be amazed at my grandpa firing off the answers to these questions. Well, that's because it was a repeat of the (laughs) show that ran in the morning or early afternoon. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And you always knew it was lunchtime at the farm at my grandparents' house when Price is Right came on. Like, oh, it's Price is Right. It's lunchtime. It's 11 o'clock. DJ finally turns it off. She's like, do you mind? I'm trying to study here. One of us is actually going to college. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, we don't know that block of time. Did Kimmy go to college at any point? Or did she start her Gibbler party planning service right after she had... Ramona, maybe she did that before she had Ramona. We don't know. I I honestly, that block of time that we don't know, we know that DJ got married. We know Kimmy got married at some point. We know that they, you know, DJ had kids. Kimmy had kids. But what, I'm really interested in that block of time before they got married. Like, what was their college life like? I'm really interested to hear about, also, you know, Stephanie's high school experience, Michelle's junior high and high school experience, and what led her into the career path that she chose. So, yeah, DJ turns the TV off, and she's like, hey, do you mind? I'm trying to study. And Kimmy's like, hey, we could learn a lot from Vanna. She knows where every letter on that board is. Well, that's what she gets paid to do. know where the letters are. So, DJ's working on a practice test. And she says, I have to raise my score 150 points if I'm going to get into Stanford. And, you know, and even spoiler alert, we don't know the results of her SAT test. I mean, if you think about it, she must have gotten them. Otherwise, how would she be applying to Stanford, because if she didn't have them at the requirement to get into Stanford, she wouldn't even have bothered to apply to them. Okay, this feels like a callback to when Michelle was the polite police in the season four episode, Working Girl, but no, we got Michelle, we got Nikki and Alex, They are the safety patrol, she's a safety ranger, and they, the boys are the deputies, they all look so cute. So, DJ's like, Michelle, what are you doing in my room in front of the street? Michelle says, well, it's safety week at school. So, she's gonna go through the room and find violations. In DJ's room. So Michelle is kind of looking, hmm, hmm. She sees something and she blows that whistle. And she's like, safety violation. Safety violation. Okay, what's the violation? Oh. Hmm. Yes. This is, well, that clearly doesn't look anything that DJ would wear when it comes to coats. It's clearly Kimmy's coat. Oh, what do I spy? I spy a pillow person on DJ Stereo. Now, wait just a minute here. Now, I thought Steve said that she lost at a camp. I assumed it was in Season 7. But no, this is later on Season 7. DJ and Steve, they're already... I was going to say divorced. No, they're already broken up. So my guess is maybe she went as a camp counselor to another summer camp, maybe one that Michelle and Stephanie attended again or something to that degree, and took pillow per the pillow person, the window rattler, if you will, with her and, lo- persu- you know, lost it. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it sounds more believable if, like, Say DJ gave the pillow person to Max because he was nervous going away to, like, a sleepaway camp or whatever, and he lost it. Or he gave it. she gave it to Jackson, and he lost it. Because, hey, here it is, almost the end of se- uh, season seven, and we're seeing that pillow person. So Michelle pulls the jacket off the lamp and says, whose jacket is this? And Kimmy's like, it's mine, squirt. What's it to ya? And, of course, Michelle's got to rattle off the violation. Clothes on a lamp can cause a fire. I'm giving you a ticket. Which is just a sticky note. Nikki or alex I'm not sure which one's which, puts a sticky post-it note on Kimmy's shirt sleeve that has a upside-down drawing of a frowny face. And she looks at it like, what? And DJ's like, look, Michelle, I really don't have time for this. And Michelle looks adorable in pigtails, turns her head, looks at DJ and says, there's always time for safety. That's true. There is always time for safety. Hey, she just saved you from your house burning down. That ha- Well, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think that lamp was on because the lights in the room are on. She's even got a bedside lamp. That lamp ain't on. Actually, now that I think about it, that lamp is really goes with the color theme of the room or the color scheme of the room. It's it's like a white cream lamp head with like. It almost looks like someone like gloved paint and like used their fingers and just kind of spread it out on the lamp because we see what looks like bits of uh, light, light orange peachy. There's a little lavender. There's some um, little bit of green. It just really goes with the room. And DJ says, Michelle, for your own safety... Get out. Like girl, you don't want people in your room. What do I always say? Close the door. Close the door. Solve your problem right there. Neil!
0: Oh. Oh. <laughs> do
1: you mind? I'm trying to study. Hey, we can learn a lot from Vanna. She knows where every letter on that board is. That's you good. Kimmy, look at this practice test. I have to raise my score 150 points if I'm going to get into Stanford. Thank you, Andrew. Seems
0: and like Denver. a lot.
1: Coming through. Michelle, what are you doing? It's safety week at school. My deputies are helping me look for violations. Hmm. Hmm. is this? It's mine, work. What's it do you? Clothes on a lamp can cause a fire. I'm giving you a ticket. Deputy, do your duty. (laughs) Michelle, I really don't have time for this. There's always time for safety. (laughs) Well, for your own safety, get out. (laughs) Come on, guys. Let's go.
2: So now we move downstairs to the living room and Danny and Becky are deciding what to do for Friday's Wake Up San Francisco segment. Becky says we can either do a remote where they're over opening the new highway or we can see the world's tallest chocolate bunny. The remote of the opening of the, or a remote, so basically on location of the opening of the new highway, or the unveiling of the world's largest chocolate bunny. I'd say the unveiling of the world's largest chocolate bunny would be a lot more interesting than a new highway. Becky's wearing a choker. Oh my goodness gracious. I know they were a thing in the 90s. I just can't stand them with a passion. I just, I really, really can't. And Danny's like, well, Becky, we don't really have a choice here. Wake Up San Francisco has a certain reputation to uphold. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Becky chooses the highway, and Danny's like, bunny. So Becky chooses the highway because, in her mind, she thinks it is an engineering miracle. It's a highway. They're all over the place. How often are you going to find a giant, life-size chocolate bunny rabbit? You're not That's a real miracle right there if that's that's what I'm saying. And Becky's all like well how can you compare that to an oversized chocolate rodent? Uh a trivia not a rodent, it's legomorph And Danny's like well they promised they'd give us the ears. Oh my gosh, how tall do you think? how big do you think those ears are gonna be? You're gonna be having chocolate for a year. And you know Becky's boys would love To nibble on the chocolate bunny ears. So, DJ and Kimmy come down. I'm guessing DJ's taking a break for a minute. So, Danny's like, hey, DJ, help us out here. We can't decide what to do on Friday's show. And DJ is just falling into this SAT bout of depression. Well, not depression, but just really... She's down. She's like, hey, why don't you do it on a high school junior who flunks her SATs and ends up as a pathetic drain on society? Of course, we hear about the infamous Garth Gibbler. We'll never see. Because Kimmy's like, too late, Deej. My brother already sold his life story to hard copy. I would be interested in hearing that story. I really, really would. Now, I gotta say, Kimmy's outfit... In this episode, I'm not digging it. Honestly, I really think this scrunchy-looking vest thing she's got going on, that was probably her own creation, I think it's going to get the worst outfit of the episode, hands down, because I'm just... was that? And DJ's V-neck long sleeve shirt is just not appealing either. But I think definitely, unless another contender comes up, I think... Uh, Kimmy's scrunchie vest is gonna be number one for worst outfit of the episode. She's had some good ones. She definitely has, but this is a hundred percent not one of them in my opinion. Okay, so Kimmy leaves. and Steph comes down. She's like, "Hey, guess what? I have some really something really important to say." And DJ's like, "Steph, I, I gotta get back to work. I took my break. I gotta, I gotta get back to work." So, Stephanie says, hey, guess what? My friend's teacher says I have an ear for languages. Her friend's teacher? So, it's not Stephanie's teacher? Was Stephanie sitting in on her friend's class and auditing it? Is that is how? That, <laughs> I don't know. So, Danny's like, hey, can you say something in French? And Stephanie says something, and DJ's like, well, what did you just say? What does that mean? Stephanie says, oh, there's cheese on my nose. Which, apparently, according to trivia, that is not the correct pronunciation of whatever came out of Stephanie's mouth. All right, Jesse and Joey come in, and they're like, oh, we got dinner coming up just in a minute. I think you'll like it. It's a little something I whipped up with a meatloaf helper. And of course, I love Jesse raises hand like, oh, that would be me. <laughs> oh, the J&J double creative, double J creative services cooking up something yummy in the kitchen. Well, we know that jo- Jesse's assisting Joey. So Joey's Flounder tarts. Oh my gosh! When I get to that episode, hoo hoo hoo. According, according to Joey, people love fish and people love pop tarts. Not together they don't. I want my fish separate from my pop tarts, far away from each other as humanly possible. Well, we're not talking about flounder tarts. We're talking about meatloaf, I guess. <laughs> So DJ is so stressed about this SAT test that she's like, "Hey, look, guys, I'm I'm just going to make some tea. I'm not really that hungry." So she is so sick. She doesn't even have an appetite. That is not healthy. I remember when I um I think one of my last papers I wrote for when I was in Baker College for a semester I was so stressed out, and this was just the rough draft that I had started on my last paper. I was so stressed out. I remember I couldn't sleep at all that night, and when I was waiting for, you know, my class to start that morning, I literally was asleep on my feet, it felt like. I was that stressed out. I didn't have an appetite. And I'm just like that. Oh my gosh! I just, I feel bad for her that she's so stressed out because it's like I have to get into Stanford. It's my it's my go to school. It's like everything hinders on this hundred and fifty extra points that she needs to achieve to get in the, into Stanford. And I'm just oh, this poor girl. But it seems like DJ definitely when it comes to school or at least. To the SATs, she really gets stressed out. You know, it's a shame that she didn't get that way when she was uh failing Spanish in season two. And I like how Joey raises concern. He's like, Don't you want some dinner? And DJ says, I'm so nervous I can't even chew. Okay, that is not healthy. That is a hundred percent not healthy. So, Jesse and Joey turn to go into the kitchen, but Danny's like, guys, wait a second. Come back here. Close the door. And he tells them, like, I am really worried about what's going on with DJ. This isn't healthy. This isn't like her. And Danny's like, I'm really worried about DJ taking this test tomorrow, you know? And even Becky's like, I've never seen her this nervous. So Danny's going to compare a track meet, a really important track meet, which is, you know, that's fine. Everyone struggles in their own way with their own subjects and whatnot. If it's a track meet, if it's an SATs, if it's a big test, if it's like me and it's a college paper. So (laughs) Danny said he was just over anxious and he ran the highest sprint of his career. And Jesse says, "Well, what's wrong with that?" And Danny tells him, "It was the high jump." Didn't we also get a bit of that in the episode got a dance where Danny was talking about how he wanted to be uh go, you know, for the Olympics in the high jump? So, I mean, he's definitely Danny Tanner is built for the high jump. He really really is. Now, I don't know if he'd be able to master it in Fuller House, but He says he ran right into the bar. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So Danny figures DJ will do a lot better on this test if we just, you know, downplay it and we just say, like, hey, look, it's no big deal. It's just a test. He's like, all right, come on, everybody, say it with me. It's no big deal. It's just a test. Which I get what they're doing with this, and it's just, Because Danny's going to apologize for that later on. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't. we shouldn't have just downplayed it like that. Because, I mean, yes, it is an important test. But for you to base your whole life around, like, where will I resolve her if I don't? Like, no, it's not. You do have many attempts to get into. You know, to take the test. And do better. And you can get the score that you want. Why doesn't... And you're, you're telling me in 1994, there weren't SAT study groups? There was none of that in the 90s? Are you serious? DJ is a buck-smart girl. She should know uh, people outside of Kimmy that go to her school. Not Kathy Santoni. But other people that have the same ambitions in regards to applying themselves and wanting the best for themselves when it comes to their education. There are none of those people at Bayside. Are you are you sure? Are you sure? Has she looked? I'm not saying she has to ditch Kimmy. No, I'm saying that she needs to find other intellectual people like herself that form SAT study groups. Because I can, I bet anything, those people are, I bet anything you look on Facebook, there's going to be SAT study group groups. Yeah, I I wouldn't be, you know, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up right now. So, yeah, I looked it up. Here we got ACT and SAT math prep, public group. We got Get18 SAT prep, ACE your test, a -A 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 group for parents of SAT and ACT. Wow. Yeah, there's, there's a few of them. There's a few of them out there, which is awesome. ACT test prep tips and tricks. Yeah, they SAT math practice one and two. Yeah, there's SAT ACT tutor group. There you go, Deej. Perfect group for you. Get on Facebook in 1994 and go to the SAT ACT tutor group. It's got 143 members. You can beat the 144th member. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Well, okay. On Friday's show, we can either do our remote from the opening of the new highway, or the unveiling of the world's largest chocolate bunny.
0: <laughs> well,
3: Becky, we really have no choice. Wake up, San Francisco has a certain reputation to uphold. You're right. Bunny. Highway.
1: Danny, <laughs> really, the new highway is is an engineering miracle. How can you compare that to an oversized chocolate rodent? <laughs>
3: They promise they'd give us the years.
0: I'm hey Jenny, for
3: that. Becky and I need some help. We, we can't decide what to do on Friday's show.
1: Why don't you do it about a high school junior who flunks her SATs and ends up as a pathetic drain on society? Too late, Deidre. My brother Garth already sold his life story to hard copy. <laughs> Bye. Hey, guys, guess what? i got to get back to work. But this is really important. My French teacher says I have an ear for languages.
3: Can you say something in French?
1: Mm. Le fromage est so what does that mean? There's cheese on my nose.
0: <laughs> hey, everybody, time for
3: dinner. Yeah, I think you'll like it. It's just something <laughs> I whipped up with the aid of a little meatloaf helper. That would be me.
1: Hmm. Well, thanks guys, but I'm just gonna make some tea.
3: Don't you want some dinner?
1: I'm so nervous I can't even chew.
3: <laughs> Guys, wait a second. Come back in here and close the door. Just want to talk to you. I'm really worried about DJing or taking this test tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I've never seen her this nervous.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I remember in school I had a really important track meet, I just got totally over anxious. What happened? Ran the fastest sprint of my career. What's wrong with that? It was the high jump.
1: <laughs> ran right into the bar. Oh.
3: I think, you know, I think D.J. will do a lot better on this test tomorrow if we just downplay the whole thing, you know? So if it comes up at all, just say, hey, it's no big deal, it's just a test. Repeat after me. Well, i will try. Ready? It's no big deal, it's just a test. It's, it's
0: no big deal. deal, it's
2: just, just a test. test. Yes, that sounds very monotone. I think she'll buy that. I do. So, so yeah, the family goes into the kitchen and Danny's like, hey, D.J., why don't you sit down and eat with us? She's like, no, I can't, Dad. I can't. And Joey's like, hey Deej, I made your favorite potatoes and meatloaf. And he's Joey's holding this clear glass casserole dish. And she's DJ's looking at it like, I must really be losing it because that potato looks like Joe Pesci. Really? Really? I I don't think so. <laughs> Oh man, Well, yeah, it makes me think of um, sh- the Shape Up episode, which I will get to when I cover the serious episode series of Full House. And he's like, hey, I'm making your favorite chicken parmesan or something to that effect. That just, it looks disgusting. The potatoes don't even look cooked. Why would they look like he just you know, clean, you know, got the potato skins off and just put it in a casserole dish with these little banquet-sized servings of meatloaf. And it looks disgusting. (laughs) We know that Joey's not the best cook, but then again, if Jesse was helping him out, she is really all about Stanford. She's like, I'm never going to get into Stanford if I don't study. Because she needs that extra 150 SAT points. And here we go with Danny saying, sweetheart, it's no big deal. And then with this handy gesture to the rest of the family, it's just a test. I'm surprised she's not like, you all sound like you just rehearsed that, like, just now. Exactly. That's exactly what she says. What did you guys rehearse that? Because they say it in a monotone. It's no big deal. It's just a test. Like, like Ben Stein monotone. Oh, that's right. Okay, so <laughs> forgive me. This is episode 15 of season 7. DJ and Steve have not broken up yet. They won't break up until the 19th episode of season 7. So he Steve comes over. He's got these CDs on Mozart. Basically, like, hey, this should help you with your, you know, focus. If you listen to classical music, it's supposed to help you study. (laughs) If you listen to Mozart, it can raise your IQ by 10 points. And Jesse is like, hey, Steve, look, she doesn't need any CDs, okay? It's no big deal. And DJ finishes, it's just a test. Yeah, I get it. And Jesse's like, well, actually, I was going to say it's simply an examination. Like, uh, guys, come on now. So, doorbell rings, and DJ's like, I'll get it. I'm like, no, why don't you go upstairs and study? She you don't know who's at the door. So, DJ opens the door, and she's like, can I help you? And Lily like, has this little white frou-frou poodle, mini poodle dog. Like, there he is. She's sticking her finger up. But the thing is, you see Comet, and you see Steve. Steve's sitting on the edge of the coffee table. Flipping through those classical CDs. She, and, and the lady... Like I said, we've seen this lady in other things. She's got glasses. She's got a brown bob cut. She's holding her mini poodle dog. She says, That's the beast that's been barking at my Anastasia. <laughs> Steve is like freaking out. He jumps up from the coffee table. He's like, Look, DJ, I swear I... Don't know an Anastasia. 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 (laughs) And the lady clarifies, she says, not you, I'm talking about the devil dog. And we're looking at Comet. Comet is just he's just hanging out. Yeah, Comet's just like laying there, not doing anything to anyone or anything. And the lady says, every time we walk by your yard, he barks, Well, hello. He's a dog. He sees another dog. He's going to bark. That's what they do. Ma- Mind you, I don't know if they decided to get Comet. Wait, no, they didn't. How could we If they fixed Comet, how will we get Comet Jr. and Comet Jr. Jr. and Comet Jr. 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 in Fuller House? Exactly. Quinny, what are you? Oh, she's in her tunnel. <laughs> but yeah, a dog sees another dog. They're going to bark, right? That's what they do. It's like, hey, you're walking past my turf. She's a female poodle. I mean, didn't Khan have a thing for Kimmy's dog Coco, which was a standard poodle? Really? It scared your little girl half to death, did he? I don't think so. That dog that this woman is holding does not look like it wants to be anywhere near this lady. Like every time the, this lady puts her face near the dog's face, the dog's like, uh, 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 like trying to like get away. Like, uh, don't catch me! Don't kiss me! Uh. Yeah, and D.J.'s like, I'm sorry, you must be mistaken. Common is the kindest, gentlest, most harmless dog in the world. And that is honestly the thing you say about golden retrievers, right? They're the kindest, gentlest, sweetest dogs in the world. They don't have a bad bone in their body. And this lady is going to the extremes. She's like, I'm telling you, that dog's barking is ruining the neighborhood. It's like, Okay, you are one person in a neighborhood filled with people. How many people are knocking on their door saying, your dog is barking, stop the dog barking, because it's upsetting the neighbors? Nobody! This is the first time we've ever heard of it. Ruining the neighborhood? Are the are the house prices dropping? Really? And DJ, of course, is so fed up with everything going on with this SAT thing. She's like, really getting worked up. She's like, look, lady, nobody in this family barks, okay? You got that? Gosh, when was the last time we ever saw DJ be forceful with a complete stranger? We have, I don't know, have we? I don't know. The, the lady's like, well, now we see where he gets And she turns and leaves. And the dog's like, don't touch me. Of course steve was witness to this whole thing because the family's like having the meatloaf and the joe potatoes in the kitchen he's like peach you gotta calm down and she says well this test is driving me crazy and he says look i'm sorry i know this test is a lot of pressure on you but hey i mean i'll still love you what he says even if the only thing you get right is your name and like Huh, yeah, that's another thing that plays into that uh, dream sequence. DJ looks at her hand and says, hey, maybe I should write it on my hand just in case. DJ, hold on.
3: Why don't, why don't you sit down and
1: eat first? <laughs> no, Dad, really, I can't. Uh, come on, Deej. I made your favorite.
3: Meat, loaf, and potatoes.
2: Ew, that oh, looks nasty. The potato looks like Joe Pesci. It uh, looks like someone made lasagna and put, like, see?
1: Huh? See, I told you, trimmed, trimmed up potatoes out, like, waxed in bean it. Like. if I don't go study? Sweetheart, it's no big deal. It's, it's just, just a test. test. <laughs> what, did you guys rehearse that? No.
2: Oh, oh, they sure did. No. How you doing? Hi.
1: Hi. <laughs> hey, did you listen. I just read this article that said if you listen to
3: Mozart, can raise your IQ by like like 10 points. Steve, she doesn't need any CDs. Look, it's no big deal. It, it's it's
1: just, just a
3: test. Actually, I was going to say it's simply an examination, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it.
1: Help you there he is That's the beast that's been barking at my Anastasia.
0: Anastasia look
3: DJ I swear I don't even know an Anastasia I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> not you I'm talking
1: about that that devil dog
2: well he's not barking now every
1: time we walk by your yard he barks <laughs> scared my little girl to
2: death why are you barking
1: I'm sorry you're but you must be mistaken Comet is the kindest, gentlest, most harmless dog in the world. Yeah, he's going to i you, that dog's barking is ruining the neighborhood. Lady, chill. Look, lady, nobody in this family barks. <laughs> That's
2: true. Well, now we see where he gets it. He's going to bite her one day. Teach, you got to calm
1: down. Well, this test is driving me crazy. I know. Look, I know it's a lot of pressure on you, but don't worry
3: about it. I mean, hey, I'll still love
1: you, even if the only thing you get right is your name. Maybe I should
2: write it on my hand just in case. So DJ has been studying all night to the point where she's lying in bed. She's got her pig slippers, adorable pig slippers, by the way. She's wearing her sweats. She's got her her book, her SAT book, all that stuff. Yeah, that is dangerous. She's got an open book. She's got three pencils, both all three pencils are, like, pointed right by her arm. I, one time, when I was in fourth grade, and we were, like, all sitting in a circle, or whatever. Oh, hold on. So, yeah, Michelle comes in with her sheriff's badge and whistle, blows the whistle right in DJ's face. Wakes her up, and she's like, Michelle, what are you doing? Michelle says, safety violation. And she's like, what? What did I do? And Michelle's sleeping too close to a pencil, you could poke your eye out. Like you could poke an eye out. Like, oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I was uh, ten years old, fourth grade. We we're sitting in a circle. I had put a pencil in my pocket, and of course, when sitting at the cir- down at the circle, you know, you cross your legs or whatever. You know, crisscross applesauce or whatever they say nowadays. And of course. The point of the pencil jabbed me, like, right in the leg. And here I am. I'm freaking out. I have to go to the bathroom. I, you know, I pulled the pencil out, and it looks like my leg is kind of red. And then I'm, like, splashing water on it and then seeing, like, water start to, you know, bubble up, which I guess that happens. And I'm thinking I'm going to die. I'm thinking I got lead poisoning. I didn't have lead poisoning. Thank goodness. I mean it just poked me. It's not like it uh, punctured the skin or anything, but my gosh, that was a frightening moment. I didn't tell anybody what happened. I didn't tell my teachers because I was just I was so freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I have lead poisoning, I'm gonna die. Because the but my goodness, yeah. That's my pencil lead story. And then DJ's like, Michelle, I have a test tomorrow morning. And Michelle says, It is tomorrow morning. DJ grabs her alarm clock and is like, It's five to eight. Oh no, I've overslept. And now she's freaking out Like, I'm gonna be late for my test because I don't know how she's gonna get to school. Is she gonna drive there? Is she gonna be dropped off? Too late to take the bus? She's gonna have to take public transportation. Who knows? I mean think about it. No one woke her up, like, hey Deej, your test. Like if this is what is this a weekend that she's taking her SATs? Cause otherwise Michelle would be at school if it's ten eight, wouldn't she? Well, Stephanie definitely would, I would imagine. (laughs) Oh, right in her ear, dang.
1: Oh my it, gosh, those things are sharp. Yeah, it's so good. It is tomorrow morning. It's 5 to 8? Oh no, I overslept! I'm going to be late for my test!
2: So, we see the classroom setting, we see the kids, we hear, and it's the neighbor lady who owns the dog that's the teacher for the SATs. As she says, and now you've heard all the instructions and changes. As DJ comes rolling in, in her jam jams. She is not dressed. She's very (laughs) underdressed. And the teacher just looks at DJ and she's like, oh, it's you. The one with the mad dog. DJ looks at the woman and she asks, you're giving the test? And I love the smirk on the lady's face. She's like, life's funny, isn't it? (laughs) And DJ asks, "Uh, what are these changes? And of course, the lady says, well, if you would have been here on time, you would have heard them. Like, well, she ain't wrong. So, yeah, the the teacher comes over, puts an arm around DJ and says, you know, your entire future rests with this. And she adds, it's not just a test. And Deej is like, tell me about it. Because, you know, that's all she's heard from everyone. And the teacher's like, I just did. Now sit down. Kimmy's also there! (laughs) Kimmy's like, hey, nice slippers, Deej. Because, you know, Kimmy's, you know, dressed like pretty much everyone else there. And DJ's wearing these adorable piggy slippers. I would love those slippers. Especially since it looks like they pretty much cover her entire foot. Which, for me, with the slipper, I have to have it covering the entire foot. I just, I have to. It's very important. The feet have to be protected. You can, that's when when DJ's in her, <laughs> sits down in her seat and Kimmy's like, hey, Deej, nice slippers. That's when DJ realized that she didn't even get dressed. There's another time where I was in fourth grade. Or was it fifth grade? Anyway, one of them. It's a situation where I was living at home. My dad was already at work. You know, he was out the door by 530 or so. My sister left for high school Well before I did, so it was me pretty much having to get my 11-year-old self ready to get out to the school bus. And the thing is, I didn't even notice this till I was actually sitting down in a circle. We did a lot of that in fourth grade, like, during the beginning of the day. That I looked down and realized I was wearing, like, woolish, reddish pajama bottoms. And I just look at it like, how... How did I miss this? How did I not? I don't even know what top I was wearing. Maybe I threw on a top and forgot to, like, change out of my pajama pants. But it's just like, ugh. DJ's just, oh, I can't believe I overslept. Kimmy, what are the changes? This stream gets even weirder as the teacher's like, you may now take out your number four pencils. He's just like, number four pencils? I thought we were to use supposed to use number two pencils. Hey, I know all through school, I always used a number two pencil, which just how it was. I mean, it's like, wake up and smell the changes as she hands DJ some pencils. The teacher says, all right, to begin, write your names on the answer sheet. And of course, as soon as DJ puts pencil into paper, the tip breaks. No, it's almost like, yeah, definitely. Anything that could go wrong during this test basically does. Oh my God. I remember the end of the year of, I think it was like 11th grade and I was in English class. We were doing our end of the year tests and it was getting down to the water, like the end of the class. And I'm just, I'm literally writing, and my pencil lead is getting duller and duller. And it's like, I have no time to go up and sharpen the pencil. I just kept at it till it was like a nub. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm not alone when I've had dreams where I'm, I was late to my job, or something happened where I lose my job, or... Just, like, you're supposed to be somewhere and you can't get there no matter how hard you try. Those are stress- that, those are the dreams that stress me out. The teacher just rolls her eyes like, okay, of course, we gotta have the troublemaker. dj's trying to sharpen her pencil on the side of this wooden desk. Like, oh, that is not happening, girl. Oh, she's even putting the tip of it in her mouth, like- Sweetie, what are you doing? That's not how you sharpen a pencil. And I wouldn't be putting pencil lead in my mouth either. So the teacher explains, like, all right, we're going to start with the math, math section so you can all take out your calculators. The DJ is, like, freaking, out. I mean, he's like, my calculator, it's gone. I must have dropped it somewhere.
1: And, and now you've heard all of the instructions and changes. Okay. Oh, it's you. the one with the mad dog you're giving the test (coughs) life's funny isn't it (laughs) what are these changes if you had been here on time you would have heard them you know your entire future rests with this it's not just a test tell me about it i just did now sit down (laughs) (laughs) nice slippers deej oh my god (laughs) I can't believe I overslept. Kimmy, what are the changes?
2: You may now take out your number four pencils.
1: Number four pencils? I thought we were supposed to use number two pencils. Wake up and smell the changes. <laughs> to begin, uh, everyone write your names on the answer sheet.
2: Oh, come on. Really? You <laughs> think pencil lead break? You weren't sharpening it on the side of your desk. You're not going to be sharpening in your mouth, either. All right, either. everybody,
1: we will begin with the math section. You may take out your calculators and uh, begin. <laughs> hey, my calculator's gone. I'm
2: gonna be like, nope my problem. <laughs> Here comes Joey, <laughs> which is like, I wanted to let you know. Like, Okay, this is a dream sequence. I'm sure when I first watched this, when it aired, I was like, okay, this is, I, I maybe didn't catch on right away that it was a dream sequence because it's just, it's, now as an adult, I like, yeah, this is such a dream sequence. He comes in with a tote bag and the teacher's like, excuse me, we are in the middle of a test. So Joey's like, uh, yeah, I found your calculator. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad news about your calculator. If you dropped it on the stairs. She's like, oh great, you found it. He's like. I stepped on it but here I got you a replacement giant adding machine from like the early 1900s thing looks like it weighs like 50 plus pounds I'm surprised it didn't take when he plops it on her desk I'm surprised the desk doesn't just disintegrate from the weight of it it basically is like an adding machine with a tape roll and a crank (laughs) <laughs> the addition key does not work. Oh, dang. The teacher's like, leave this classroom immediately. And Joey's like, oh, I got something for you too. Potato for the teacher. It's a Joe Pesci potato. They keep. I'm sorry, but this. It's a weak gag. I don't like it. This is like the third time now that has been brought up. And it's just like, I'm over it. I'm over the Joe Pesci potato. Don't look anything like him. Joe's like, looks like uh, Joe Pesci, doesn't it? And the teacher's like, Joe Pesci is somewhat taller. And she's like, No, get out. And Joey's like, What boy, what got into you? Did somebody drop a house on your sister? (laughs) She just takes her fingers, like, Out. Get out. Oh, Joey's imitating to. I can't do it. Quinn's not even awake. She's like, her eyes are closed. <laughs> uh, she's sleeping in her tunnel. I always gotta do the Cowardly Lion. DJ's trying to figure out this uh, Addy Machine contraption and ain't doing nothing. Excuse me. We
3: are in the middle of a test. <laughs> this is an emergency. Uh, DJ, you dropped your calculator on the stairs. Oh, great, you brought it. I stepped on
2: it. Oh, jeez. Uh, but
3: I brought this.
2: A giant 50-pound adding machine from the early 1900s. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. And the
3: addition key, it doesn't work.
2: Oh, of course you it leave doesn't. Leave this classroom
3: immediately. No, oh, I've got something for you to look. Potato for the teacher. <laughs> Looks kind of like Joe Pesci, doesn't it?
1: Hmm? <laughs>
3: okay, okay,
1: okay, okay. Joe Pesci is somewhat taller. <laughs>
3: Get out, Boy, what got into you? Somebody drop a house on your
0: sister? <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <sniffs> Ow. <laughs> Jesse's like, hey lady, and the teacher's just like, do what you want with me, but don't hurt the children, but please do what you want with me. <laughs> Jesse's look like he's he's like confused and uh like uh no. Uh. <laughs> this is so funny. And he's like, uh, my niece ran out without uh, her breakfast, and uh, <laughs> and he holds a for real, like right in this lady's breakfast burrito right in her face. She, like, oh no 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 no, we we can't have food here. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I gotta get her this burrito. This is my niece. I mean, I was there the day she was born. This thing goes on with like you. know, I remember rocking her, her in my arms, and she was looking up at me with these, those beautiful eyes. And Jesse is just like going to town. Like I, I beg of you, by all that is good and all that is perfect in this world. He finally cuts him. off like, oh, fine, just give her the burrito. No, oh, before that happens, no. Like, DJ's like, Uncle Jesse, really, I'm, I'm not that hungry. Now he's like, pipe down. I'm on a roll here. And he's like, if I could just... And she's like, fine. Give her the burrito. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So he lays the burrito down on the desk next to the adding machine that she's got. And then he kind of winks to her. It's like, okay, that is not just a breakfast burrito. Right, Quinny? You okay? So she, the teacher, is... Over by the window, opening the window, Jesse grabs the SAT test answers off the desk, which I don't know if they would really be there. And he goes over, uh, he leaves the room with them, and the lady is, like, starting to talk like he's still there. And she's like, where is that attractive hoodlum? <laughs> oh my god, she got a smile on her face. And all of a sudden, we hear this. We hear this. Testing. One, two, three. Testing sounds like a, it's a, coming from a walkie-talkie. And Jesse's like, DJ, can you hear me? And DJ picked up the breakfast burrito. I was like, what the heck? She pulls out this antenna that's like over a foot long. And she's like, what in the heck? So <laughs> he's like, listen, I got the answer book and I'm going to help you out. He says, the answer to number one is B. It's <laughs> literally right there between the rows. She says, I heard that. Close your booklet. You're out of here. The DJ is freaking out. I had nothing to do with this. I don't even like breakfast burritos. God. No, the lady is like, no, I heard distinctly heard a man's voice. And she points to the kid who is like right behind DJ. The kid who is the bully in Beethoven. Well, one of the bullies. I'm more of a waffle person. Well, yeah, I can definitely say waffle over breakfast burrito any day of the week. That's just, yeah. Waffles, pancakes, cereal. Right now, I'm on a lemon poppy seed mini muffin kick right now for the last, like, few weeks. I had them at the uh, hotel breakfast bar one morning, and I'm like, I like these. And then the next day, they didn't have them. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. To Tom Thumb. Luckily, they had some mini muffins, so I'll, I'm set with that. That's been my go to. Yeah, she's like, Not you. I heard a man's voice. And she's looking right at this kid. This kid. She's looking at him he's like, You. She's like, I don't have a man's voice. I can't do a kid going through puberty. I'm sorry. <laughs> She calls him a she's like, your history. She yanks him up out of his seat. He's like, my mother's gonna kill me. And she's like, too bad. You can forget about college, squeaky. That did that kid did not look set 16, 17 years old. He looked like he was Stephanie's age. He's a she's a junior, right? All these kids are juniors. That kid did not look 17 or 16. I love how Jesse's it just it's like the answer to number two is D. And you just see the other kids across the room that are just hovering, waiting for the information. Like, oh, great. <laughs> they just start screwing up. And, and Joey, now we got Joey on the walkie-talkies. Like, Josh, you're cheating. It starts with a stolen stamp and it comes to this. And Josh is like, no, I'm not, I'm helping. It's like, no, you're cheating. <laughs> he says, I'm not Cheating, I'm giving her hints. As Jesse continues, DJ, hint a uh, number three. A. Joey and Jesse get into this, uh, that's cheating. No, it's hinting. Cheating, hinting, cheating, hinting. And DJ finally takes that walkie talkie and just tosses it out the window, the open window. Oh no, she puts it in her bag, that walkie talkie in her bag, and then she takes her bag and shucks it out the window hello she races back to her desk <laughs> the teacher comes in she's like all right everybody pen and she sees dj said like, what were you doing oh, she says pencils down hey lady uh, do what you want with me but don't hurt the children but please do what you want with me <laughs> Now,
3: listen. My niece ran out of the house without eating breakfast, so I brought her this uh, breakfast burrito. No, no, no,
1: we can't have food in here. You're going to. No, you to don't eat. understand.
3: I got to give her this breakfast burrito, lady. I mean, this is my niece. You know, I was there the day that she was born, and believe me, she was a beautiful, beautiful baby. I mean, I remember rocking her in my arms and she's looking up at me with those big, beautiful eyes. And so I beg of you, by all that is good and all that is perfect in this world. Oh, Uncle
1: Jesse, really,
3: I'm not that hungry. Pipe down. I'm on a roll. <laughs> just, uh,
2: give her the burrito. Thank
3: you. What <laughs> is
2: that attractive hoodlum? He looks like he's 12. we will now start section two, which is speed Latin. What? What? Is that on the SATs? Really? I mean, I get math. I thought, like, the basic, you know, math, science, English, um, history, um, I don't know other, yeah, anyway. <laughs> speed Latin. <laughs> Teacher's like, I don't even know slow Latin. I don't know any Latin. I really don't. All right, here comes Stephanie dressed in a denim button-down. She's got a red handkerchief tied around her neck and a beret. And then she's got a pencil or pen drawn on French mustache with a little curly cues on the end. So, here, yeah, here comes Stephanie and the teacher's so like, oh, what now? And Stephanie's like, I am Pierre from Maintenance, and I heard you have trouble with wobbly chair. So, yeah, DJ's like, Steph, what are you doing here? And Stephanie says, I'm here to help you. And DJ's like, well, how's your speed Latin? And (laughs) Stephanie says something in Latin, and DJ's like, well, what does that mean? And Stephanie says, you're dead meat. So Stephanie makes some adjustments to DJ's chair and it has her slanting forward, which is almost like it put all the weight in the front of the desk to the point where the two back legs of the chair are like hovering above the floor. DJ is like holding the adding machine that weighs like 50 pounds with all of her might before it comes crashing to the floor. <laughs> Pencils down Math section is over We will now start with section 2 Speed Latin oh, come on now.
1: <laughs> Speed Latin? I don't even know slow Latin What is it now? Bonjour I am Pierre from the maintenance I Métanance? heard there trouble With the bubbly chair There it is I'll have it fixed before you can say chevalier coupé. Okay. Okay. <laughs> coupé. Steph, what are you doing here? I'm here to help you. I've got an ear for language. How's your speed light? To carnivorous mortis. What does that mean? You're dead meat. Ah, oh, cute. There you go. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> Au revoir.
2: Oh, here we go. Before Stephanie can even leave the room, here comes Danny with Wake Up San Francisco. Apparently, they want to cover DJ taking the test. Why? Stephanie's like, Dad? And I love how Danny does that. Pierre. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here comes he's like hey wake up San Francisco I'm Danny Tanner and Becky's like and I'm Rebecca Donaldson and of course there's the uh, <laughs> like, what she says her name is Gertrude Twitchell <laughs> and she's like, Mom's like hi mom <laughs> yeah Deej is like, dad Aunt Becky what are you doing here and he's like hey Deej we are doing a live up close and personal on your SATs which is like what I swear I thought this wasn't a dream because it doesn't play out like it is a dream until the very end. What would I have thought when I was like eleven that any of this would have been allowed? DJ's just repeating what Danny said to her. It's like, Dad, really? It's just a test. She's like, Yeah right. So Becky's like, DJ, how's it going? And she's like, It's terrible. It's a disaster. And Becky's like, oh, that sounds humiliating. Let's watch. <laughs> and the teacher's like, all right, pencils down, time's up. And DJ's like, time's up? I haven't even started yet. And the teacher's like, quit bellyaching. It's time to grade the test. <laughs> and then DJ's like, here, <laughs> now? <laughs> of course, here we go. Danny's like, yes, and here to help us is the queen of confidence, the vixen of vowels, the very beautiful and talented. Entail- Talented Vanna White. Get the Wheel of Fortune theme. We get Vanna White. She is still doing the Wheel of Fortune show. She is still doing it to this day. Of course, big fan of Vanna White, Kimmy Gibbler, stands up like, Oh, Miss White, it is such an honor to be able to meet you. I just have one question. Do you get paid by the letter? And Vanna's like, you know when they buy a vow, That money goes to me. <laughs> Kimmy's like even the why and Vanna's like sometimes sure I Guess they're going to grade Kimmy's paper first o it looks like it's a fax machine minus the no it looks like it's a printer that would have like the scanning thing on it And Danny's like, ah, it's a perfect score! Alright, Danny's like, let's see, Vanna, let's see what Kimmy's future holds for her as Vanna White starts spelling out the letters. Apparently Kimmy's future is Stanford as Vanna White turns the letters. Really? Kimmy's going to Stanford and DJ isn't. Hmm. Vanna's like, congratulations, Kimmy, you've won a full scholarship to Stanford University. I love how Kimmy bends down. She's like, is that ironic or what? Because, you know, that's DJ's dream school. And Becky's like, all right, it's time to grade DJ's paper. And DJ's like, no, really, I, I don't want to know. And Becky's like, I can't wait to see what she got. But yeah, it's like, all right, everybody, come on in. It's time to grade DJ's paper. Here comes Jesse and Joey with Nikki and Alex. Steve and Comet and Michelle, they're all there. So and and back, and the, the, the DJ is just like, D- Dad, stop, please! I can't believe this is happening. And she's like, Uncle Jesse, help me. And he's like, Sure, DJ. Listen, I'm at, there for you. And then he sees Vanna White. He is immediately starstruck. And Jesse's like, Vanna White, let's let me just say, I'm a big fan of your work. In fact, your hair is the reason why I got large sc- large screen TV. No one in the family is a large screen TV. <laughs> you ain't fit no large screen TV up in that attic. I'm sorry. Not to mention it, but we're a large screen TV in 1994. It's going to be a standard death. It ain't no flat screen. I love what Vanna says here. Thank you. If my hair has made a difference in one person's life, it's all been worth it. <laughs> He's just gushing. He's like, let, well, let, thanks. Let me just say that you're a national treasurer. Wait, I mean, it's Vanna White. She's great and all. Actually, I think in a Golden Girls episode, it said that Vanna White had a memoir. Is that right? Okay, yes, there is a book from 1987, Vanna Speaks by Vanna White. It's got a rating of 3.02 on Goodreads. One of America's best-known and best-loved TV celebrities tells her inspiring story, includes advice on how to be beautiful in mind, spirit, and body, black and white photographs. (laughs) Oh, oh, here we go. Here's a reference. Okay. I first read this book. This is from 2017. I first read this book 10 years ago after Dorothy Spornack, a.k.a. B. Arthur, mentioned it on an episode of The Golden Girls. She recommended it to her Italian cousin saying it's a heck of a book. I was intrigued. It sounded juicy, but more importantly, one does not just discard the opinion of one Dorothy Spornack. So I ordered a used copy from Amazon, read it, and donated it to Goodwill years later, not remembering much about it. I'm not sure why I decided to read it again. I think maybe my husband and I happened to catch a segment of Wheel of Fortune on TV recently, but oh lordy, this book. Far be it from me to disagree with Dorothy Spornack, but this book is not good. (laughs) Oh my goodness Part of that may be that I lack some context. I did a bit of Vanna White research while reading this thing for the second time, what is my life, in quotes, and discovered that back in the early 1980s when White first appeared on Wheel of Fortune, she was a bit of a media sensation. This was known as Vanna Mania, and it is a real documented thing that I was too young to experience but seems to have been a more innocent and quintessentially 80s version of whatever the Kardashians are today. Which is to say, people were weirdly intrigued with Vanna White, even though she was famous for no reason. And so suddenly, she was everywhere, including for a time on my nightstand after my grandma bought me a Vanna White Barbie doll. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Many of these comments on here are all about Dorothy's <laughs> Mordack. From Golden Girls recommending Vanna White's ball. <laughs>
3: Here. Come, San Francisco. I'm Danny Tanner. I'm Rebecca Donalds, and I'm Gertrude (laughs) Twitchell.
0: Dad, what are you doing here?
3: Oh, sweetheart, we're doing a little cover story on your SATs, (laughs) live, up close and personal.
1: Really? Dad, it's just a
3: test. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) So, DJ, how is it going? It's terrible. It's a disaster. Ooh, this could be humiliating. Let's watch. <laughs> Pencil's down, everyone. Time's up. Time's up. I haven't even started. Oh, stop belly aching. It's
2: time to break the test. <laughs> here now.
3: Yes, that's right. And here to help us <laughs> is the queen of consonants, the vixen of vowels, the very beautiful and talented uh, Vadawai. <laughs>
1: honor there's something i've always wanted to ask you do you get paid by the letter you know when they buy a vowel that money goes to me (laughs) even the why sometimes
3: okay kimmy it's time to grade that
0: paper (coughs) a perfect score (laughs) really The future holds for her.
3: I'm a huge fan of your work. In fact, your hair is the reason why I got a large screen TV.
1: Thank you. If my hair has made a difference in one person's life, it's all been worth it. (sighs) (laughs)
3: Well, let me just say that you're a national treasure. Yeah,
2: I know. He really puts a lot of emphasis on this. All right, DJ, it's now time for the moment you've been waiting for your entire life. Her entire life, really. So it makes a weird. It made a weird fart sound. It basically shredded her paper. You hear the buzzer sound from when a, a player would get a question or get an answer wrong. Danny takes the sheet from Vanna White and's is like, "Oh, that's a shame, Deed. You got everyone wrong." Oh my gosh, Danny. He's like you're a disgrace to the entire family. Your
3: family. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what's left of your
2: future, honey. <laughs> All right, let's see what's left of your future, dear. <laughs> yeah, they spell out clown U, which stands for Clown University. I told you that I was gonna come back in this. And was like, well, DJ, it looks like you're going to Clown University. And Joey's like, oh hey, DJ, here you go, <laughs> as he. <laughs> Joey puts a red clown nose on DJ's nose. And he's like, hey, that's a good look for you. As he, like, honks her clown nose. And Danny's like, hey, Comet, how would you like to have DJ's room? And of course, this is in Joey's voice. Voice. Oh, boy, thanks, Dad. DJ's like, wait, what? Since when can Comet talk? And... DJ turns to Steve and is like, Steve, you still love me, don't you? And he's like, yeah, of course I do, DJ. I mean, come on. So what if you screwed up the test? At least you got your name right. Didn't she, though? And the DJ's like, oh, not even close. And DJ's like, what? I wrote DJ Tanner, and apparently abbreviations are not allowed. Abbreviations are strictly forbidden. Not that they're not allowed, they're strictly forbidden. And it's- Michelle's there with the whistle. It's like, you... Missed your own name? And she blows a whistle, and she like, stupid violation, duh. Of course, we got the twins going, shame, shame, DJ. Then Steve, Becky, Danny, and the teacher are all like, shame, shame, DJ. This is the part that really, honestly, literally creeped me out. It made me uncomfortable. It's still even kind of watching this right now makes me uncomfortable. This... <laughs> The scene I'm referring to that you probably can guess if you've seen this episode more than once is when Kimmy goes over to Steve and it's like, "Oh, Stephen, guess who got a perfect score and her name right?" And Steve's like, "Oh, I love a woman with brains." And they start, they start. Kissing. It's weird and creepy and wrong and just 100% wrong. DJ is like out of her chair, like, no, get your hands off of him. She's trying to pry Kimmy and Steve apart. And it's just, it's weird. And this is how she comes out of that dream sequence. And we find out, yes, it is a dream sequence. Yeah, Scott Weiner and Andrea Barber are actually kissing. And it's just, it's for the show. It's just, I don't know. It just feels weird and. Not right, Danny's <laughs> like, Let's go, DJ. Let's go, DJ. And then, like, he's trying to wake her up from this nightmare. Oh, gosh, can you imagine having that nightmare and then having to take the test that day? Oh, my goodness.
3: All right, now it's time for the moment you've been waiting for your
0: entire life. <laughs>
2: That sounds like a fart. Oh, that's shame, deeds
3: You got everyone wrong. <laughs> you're a disgrace to the entire family.
2: Well, let's see what's left of your
3: future, honey.
0: C-L-O-W-N-Y-U-Y-W-N-U.
1: Well, DJ, it looks like you're going to Clown University. Oh.
3: Hey, Deej, here you go. That's a good look for you. <laughs> hey, Comet, how'd you like to have DJ's room? Oh, boy, oh, thanks, Dad.
2: Comet's on the show's age.
3: Steve, you still like <laughs> me, don't you? Oh, of course I do, DJ. Oh, come on, so what if you screwed up the test? At least you spot your name right.
1: Oh, not even close. <laughs> what? I wrote DJ Tanner! Abbreviations are strictly forbidden. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Mr. (laughs) O'Neill? Stupid violation.
0: Duh.
1: (laughs) Shame, (laughs) shame, (laughs) DJ. Well, Stephen, guess who got a perfect score and their name right? Oh, this makes me uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, we come out of the stream sequence, whoops, there goes the remote, Oh, okay, and uh, yeah, she's, Danny's having to wake her up, like, come on, DJ, let's go, you gotta take your test. <laughs> like, honey, you don't want to be late for your test, and she wakes up, she's like, oh, dad, oh my gosh, it was horrible, and she's touching her nose to so make sure she doesn't have that red clown nose on her, on her face. She's like, there were all kinds of changes. I had the wrong pencils? The burrito talked. And he's like looking at her like, what? And he's looking at her like, uh, I hope this was a dream. She's like, it was a nightmare. He's like, <laughs> she tells him, dad, you wouldn't believe it. I failed my SAT and Kimmy got a perfect score. He's like, you're right. I don't believe it. And so He's like, come on, honey, we really have to go. Okay, so this clearly has got to be Saturday because he's taking her to the test because I don't think that the SATs are held, like, during school hours. And she's like, Dad, I I can't. I can't face this test. Please just write me a note to get out of it. And I remember when I've seen this over the years, I think um, part of me kind of was thinking with DJ's logic here is she – This, her future is just rushing at her fast and just the idea of facing that and what taking the test again could mean for her and her future. Just like, I want to get out of this, I want to be a kid again in a way. And he's like, oh, she looks at him and she's like, can you write me a note to get me out of college? Deej, how are you ever going to become a veterinarian and be able to support your three kids? And I don't know. Maybe that's where she meets her husband at that college she goes to. We don't know. Danny doesn't sugarcoat it. He's like, honey, this is a very important day for you. You really got to get going. She looks at him almost, you think of her betrayal on her face. The way she's like, but you said it was no big deal. It was just a test. He's like, And he. it's almost like Danny's face looks like he's basically been caught in a lie. He's like, yeah, I know I said that, but... um." I guess I didn't mean it. And I, I would be DJ, I'd be like, well, then why did you say it? That didn't help. He said, she's like, well, why did you say it? It's like, well, I just didn't want to make you nervous. And she's like, well, that made me more nervous. It's like, well, great, I guess it didn't work then. She's no, not really. And he apologizes. and he's like, I'm sorry, Deej. And Danny says, you know, I was just trying to protect you. And he gives her, you know, insight into what his SATs was like. He says, I remember in high school when I took my SATs. I was a wreck. He says, I did the first 12 questions with an eraser. And she asks him, well, how'd you do? And he says, well, not bad once I turned my pencil around. And she's like, well, I guess I just have to face it, huh? I love what Danny says here. He's like, honey, you've done everything you could do. He says, you're prepared. You studied really hard. And I love how he says everybody believes in her. It's like, this is, uh, I love this moment between him and her, you know, he just, he admits that he was wrong by saying it's just a test and, you know, he just wanted to protect her and just, because she wasn't, you know, she was just so stressed. It's like, there's got to be something I could say or do that's going to help alleviate it a little bit. But just him saying everybody believes in you, not your disgrace of the entire family, like in that nightmare dream sequence she had. And he tells her, he says, I think what you have to do now is just, you know, believe in yourself. And it's like, yeah, that is, that's it, basically. And do the best you can do. Honestly, that's all you can do is the best that you can. And she hugs him all. Such a sweet father-daughter moment.
3: Yes, yes, yes. You don't want to be late for your test, honey.
1: Dad, it was horrible. (laughs) There there were all kinds of changes. I had the wrong pencils. The burrito talked.
3: (laughs) Oh, this was a dream.
1: It was a nightmare. Dad, you wouldn't believe it. I I failed my SAT and Kimmy got a perfect score.
3: You're right. I wouldn't believe it.
1: (laughs) Come on, honey. We really have to go. Dad, I can't. I can't face this test. Can you write me a note to get me out of college?
3: <laughs> Jay, sweetheart, you really have to get going. It's a very important day for you.
1: But you said it was no big deal. It was just a test.
3: Yeah, I, I know I said that. I, uh, I guess I just didn't mean it.
1: Well, then why did you say it?
3: Because I didn't want you to be nervous.
1: But that was making me more nervous.
3: Okay, so I guess it didn't work then.
1: <laughs> no,
3: not really. I'm sorry, Deej. I was just trying to protect you. I remember in high school when I took my SATs, I was a wreck. I did the first 12 questions and then
1: I So how'd you do?
3: Not bad once I turned my pencil around.
1: <laughs> so I guess I just gotta face it, huh?
3: Honey, you've done everything you could do. You're prepared, you studied really hard. Everybody believes in you. <clears throat> what you have to do now is just, you know, believe in yourself and do the best you can do.
2: Thanks, Dad. Alright, so now we get to the actual test day. Kimmy is, of course, there. I like what Kimmy's wearing here. Very nice. She's got a nice blue jeans and a colorful shirt. And it looks like the same group of kids that were in the um, Nightmare Dream sequence actually are there, but they are all in different clothing. <laughs> oh, here we go. Actually, it turns out Vanna White is playing the SAT, SAT teacher. And DJ right away is like, this isn't happening. So the teacher... <laughs> introduces herself as Mrs. Moffat, and she says, I'll be administering the test. And she tells him, to begin, write your name on your answer sheet. And we see Kimmy, who's got this look on her face, almost like, is this Vanna White? (laughs) I I think Kimmy is getting the best outfit award. I really like her shirt. It's uh, red, but it's got different patterns of plaid. Like, it's got like, green and black plaid or yellow and light black stripes. and just, It's very colorful. I love it. I might be interested in wearing something like that. I don't really – I'm more of a t-shirt person. I really – over the years, I've just – I've been more into t-shirts. I don't really dress up for anything unless – even for an interview, I'm wearing khakis and a polo shirt. And Kimmy's like, I'm drawing a blank. And then we cut over to DJ and she's like, excuse me, are number two pencils okay? And uh, Mrs. Moffat says, I'm sorry, we're using number four pencils. And DJ's like, what? And the teacher's like, I'm kidding. Of course, the episode ends with her saying, relax, it's just a test. It's not like it's gonna, this test, the SATs are gonna make or break your life or your future. She just puts a comforting hand on DJ's shoulder, like, Girl, calm down. It's alright. Relax. It's just a test. (laughs) I tell you what, after the test, I will treat you all to Dairy Queen. How does that sound? Now, that would be a cool teacher. (laughs) Pretty much the episode.
1: Good morning. My name is Mrs. Moffat and I'll be administering this test. (laughs) To begin, write your name on your answer sheet. I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) Excuse me, are number two pencils okay? I'm sorry, we're using number fours. (laughs) What? I'm kidding! (laughs) Relax. It's just a test,
2: and that is pretty much the episode. <laughs> this was fun. It was, it was fun. I really, I, enjoyed, I, definitely the lady from the show Mama's Family is definitely her place is a hundred percent in television sitcoms because I just loved her. Just her character acting was just her line delivery was just so on point. It just was awesome. So yeah, definitely I think worst outfit is gonna be Kimmy's scrunchy looking best thing, and then best outfit of course is going to Kimmy's outfit. With the different colored flannel patterns against a red backdrop long sleeve shirt. And her blue jeans complement. And her blue scrunchie goes great with the overall look. I really, really like it. Um, runner up. Definitely. Best outfit. I'm gonna giving it to Vanna White here at the end. She's gorgeous. Love her, her outfit. Her blazer. Or whatever you want to call it. Um, earrings. Great compliment her scrunchie in the back it just beautiful be- makeup beautiful I normally don't talk about that but just yeah love it love it love it love it uh, let's see Tanner's teachable moments for this episode don't try to placate your kid or try to downplay it like saying it's just a test I mean you can but is it really going to ease the stress of what they're feeling I don't I don't know just honestly just say hey you're doing a great job just don't stress too much about it just but don't just like you're worrying for nothing it's just a test don't 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 go that route don't go that route so (laughs) I mean some of the things Michelle was bringing up with the safety patrol like yeah don't put a don't pit put any type of clothing of any kind on top of a lamp she's right that could lead to a fire Granted, the lamp wasn't on, but still. Also, never, ever fall asleep with pencils nearby, especially ones with such really sharpened points. And another thing in regard to me, do not ever put a pencil in your pocket and sit down with it in your pocket, because, yeah, I think we all can learn a valuable lesson. I did not die from lead poisoning when I was 10 so but I learned oh my gosh I mean I was just I was so scared I was like I was in the bathroom I'm like I saw this like little red indentation mark where the the pencil lid and you know poked me and I'm putting water on it thinking oh my god I'm dying I'm going to die what's gonna happen I didn't tell anybody about it I didn't go back and tell my teacher I got poked with a pen I think I have lead poisoning. But just that fear of not knowing, like, this could be serious. I could be dying of lead poisoning from this pencil. I mean, yes, it was a 1993 or 92, I can't remember which, but... Ugh, see, we didn't have the internet like we do now, so it's not like I could look it up. Am I going to die from lead poisoning? I get poked by a pencil. No. (laughs) Alright, let's take a look at next week's Dream Sequence, the final episode in the Weird But Funny Dream Sequences series. Now, we're jumping over to the final season, season 8, episode 15, entitled My Left and Right Foot, which aired January 31st, 1995. I would have been 12. Yeah, this episode, Michelle frets about the size of her feet after DJ and Kimmy tease her at the shoe store. So, one thing I forgot to do is I did not read the DVD case... Synopsis for the episode, The Test. In this episode, DJ's struggle to raise her SAT score leads to a nightmare involving bunny slippers, a burrito, and Vanna White. I love this description over the Plain Jane IMDb one. I really, really do. I like it. So, lastly, before I go, I do want to play a clip from a show that I did cover to completion The Wonder Years. If you're looking for Wonder Years episodes, you can find all of them. I covered all six seasons. It's on SoundCloud, looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. One episode in particular of the show I want to play a clip or so from is Season 5, Episode 14, Private Butthead. This aired February 5th, 1992. In this episode, Wayne Wayne is Kevin Arnold's older brother, Kevin Arnold, being the main character narrator of the show. Wayne goes to take his SATs, but shocks his family when he decides to try and join the army instead. The Vietnam War still going on. The Arnolds are afraid that Wayne could be shipped off and into the war. Also, just like Full House, if you have Hulu, you can also see all six seasons of The Wonder Years as well. So, yeah, the time of the show is set in 1972 with the Vietnam War going on. There is the draft. Wayne, of course, already took his SATs, didn't do so hot. And now it's like, well, I'm still, you know, thank goodness DJ did not have Wayne's point of view. Like, I already took him once. Why do I gotta take him again? And of course, Norma here is like, well, you gotta do a little better. Because they're talking about, you know, Wayne, if he were to get drafted. And Kevin says, well, Wayne's draft card, or his number was 312, which was also his SAT score. I don't know. We don't hear what DJ's previous SAT score was prior to retaking the test again. But yeah, Wayne's whole attitude is he's he's horrible in school, so of course he's going to be horrible at the SATs. Like I said, I didn't have to take them being... You know i guess being in in special ed i don't know i mean it wasn't a requirement it was never even i don't even think it was ever brought up in any of my um end of the year ieps ieps which are where the teachers sit down with the student and the parent they go over what the child has learned that year and then the plans and hopes for the following school year so i don't think college was ever no more than likely it was more Succeed in getting and keeping a job and learning about life skills, you know, paying bills, finding a suitable place to live, you know, all of those important things. Managing a budget. So the next scene I'm going to play, of course, Wayne didn't take his SATs. He and his friend Wart, played by um, a man that you would know in the last season of Full House as Dwayne. Kimmy's boyfriend. He also in this plays in the Wonder Years plays Wayne's best friend, David Wart Shafter, or just Wart. They decide to join the army. They figure like, hey, we're going to get drafted anyway, may as well, you know, jump the gun and go down to the enlistment place and enlist. So he kind of feels like he doesn't really have any other choice. College clearly is not for Wayne. So He's going to go a different route, and this is just his family reacting to the news that Wayne just went and signed up to join the army. I want to play these clips because they're just so... It's, Wonder Years is such an amazing show, and Wayne Arnold is so vastly different from DJ Tanner, not just their intellect and their gender, but just their whole way of how they go about the SATs, whereas DJ's like... Freaking out she wants to do really good, Wayne just probably sees the SATs as a waste of time and he figures the army is his his out his only option, really.
0: reasonable response. How did you come up with such a dumb, stupid, idiotic idea? Well, actually, it was my idea. And
1: you listen to him? It's real bright. Thanks. Dad, listen, you know, it's not as dumb as it sounds. I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, it makes sense. Besides, they'll teach us to be anything we want. Mechanics, uh, engineers, uh, topographical specialists. Yeah.
0: Warden, go home. <laughs> Bye, to Stay for dinner. Goodbye, Warden. <laughs> and with
3: those social pleasantries out of the way... Nice you, folks. It was time for the family to talk turkey. Jack. That's just he's not in the Army. Tomorrow you'll go down there and tell him you changed your
1: mind. No, you you don't understand. You don't understand. They're going to send you off to Vietnam. They're going to pack you up and ship you out so fast your head's going to spin. That's all the sergeant said.
0: The sergeant said, what's the matter with you? They'll tell you anything. Are you into Korea?
2: So, yeah, the next clip I want to play is really a heartfelt moment between Wayne and Kevin. We don't really see this where Wayne is being very brotherly in a sweet way and saying that he wants to, you know, I'm not going to be able to look after you all the time anymore. I'm not going to be able to take care of you, which would we really have called that the last, like, five seasons. No, Wayne was pretty much a big bully to his brother. But this is just a heartfelt, this is how Wayne kind of sees it. So, and he's just giving Kevin sweet, brotherly advice. Look, um, I'm not going to be around to take care of you anymore. And, well, see, <coughs> the thing is, even when I'm not around, I'm going to be around. I mean,
1: I want you to have fun. I mean, get in the trouble. Just don't <coughs> be...
2: obsequious. see don't, don't be falling Yeah, uh, it's three SAT eighty <laughs> So, this last clip I'm going to play is just, it is so powerful. A moment between Jack and Wayne where he's just, Wayne has a surprise when he comes out of the, the for his physical. It's not exactly great news, but in a way it is kind of good news for the family. Um, And he just feels like, Wayne feels like a failure. I mean, he he couldn't do his SATs right. He just, he didn't know any other option after high school. A lot of people said, well, I'm going to you know go to college, which good. A lot of people do. If you do, great. But then it's like, what are the other options if you don't go? I know a lot of you know People say your options are very limited if you don't go to college as far as the job prospects. What type of job you're going to be able to get after high school without a diploma or without a college degree, excuse me. If you think it's bad for people that don't have a college degree to get a job, think about those that end up dropping out of high school and the jobs that they're for. A lot of applications will ask you, did you get a diploma? Did you finish high school? (laughs) mm <laughs>
3: Love is never simple Not for fathers and sons We spend our lives Full of hope and expectations And most of the time We're bound to fail But that
0: afternoon As I watched my father Sheltering
3: his son Against a future that was so unsure All I knew was
2: They didn't want to let each other down anymore. So, yeah, I mean, we see Jack apologizing and just saying, you know, I haven't prepared you for the world. In fact, I haven't prepared you for anything. And he says, you know, you've been looking for my help point and I just I don't know where I've been. And I'm starting to get teared up. Um, as a parent and I'm not a parent. I don't have any kids i have a a uh, a cat but the role of a parent is like you have what 18 years to be able to teach your kid everything you feel that they're going to need to be able to make it out in the world on their own and it's just like And the world, guys, I'm telling you, this world is not getting better. In fact, it is getting a lot worse. And I just, I fear for the children that are coming up into this world and the type of world that they're going to have to try to survive in. And it's just, it's it's sad and it's bleak. And I can only imagine, like, in, in 1972 and when they brought that draft in and everything and just, it's like, you have to register when you what when you hit eighteen, right? You got if you, if you're a guy, you got to register, and it's like you don't get a choice. You put your name in, they draw your number. You have to go. You don't get a choice. You can't say, well, I don't really want to do this. Like, well, sure, you don't have to, but your only other choice is, well, you can go to Canada, right? Because that's what the the people that were trying to get out of the draft, where they're going to Canada, or it's like, or you can go to jail. And if you go to Canada, it's like. You will never have any contact with your family because you are at that point a fugitive if you come back to the United States. But it's it's sad. in Wayne's just seeing him, it's like he had no other options. College was not on the table for him. Even if he tried to take it seriously and took the SATs a hundred times and couldn't get above a certain level. That's why I like in the show what they have later on is, you know, the father. Jack's been working at Norcom since season one. He's over it. He's done. He's like, I got to get out of that factory life. Because I think eventually that is is what, spoiler alert, if you have not seen all of the Wonder Years, you're going to want to fast forward 15 seconds. We learn in the series finale of The Wonder Years that Jack does pass away two years later. So in 1975, 1976, more likely he probably has a heart attack. All those years working at Norcom really took a toll on his life. All the, You always saw him popping that those antacids, downing the vodka tonics when he got home to deal with the stress of the everyday work at a factory. But, um, yeah, it's just for... I could see why you know Jack wanted to do something for himself. He wanted to open a furniture store, and which is great because guess what? Sadly when Jack passes, who's left with the furniture store? Wayne, because you know that Kevin didn't want that life. We saw that Kevin was going to go a different route. Kevin was going to go to college. We don't know what Kevin Arnold does. You know, we know that this show is set 20 years into the future, so when the show comes on in 88, or no, yeah, the show is set in 68, and we're hearing adult Kevin from 20 years later, so in 1988. So we don't know what he does. We know that he has two kids. But, um, yeah, it's just it's sad. For guys, it's like, what are you doing if you're not going to college? What kind of job are you going to get? Jack had a college degree. And then he also had, you know, his time in Korea and everything. And it was a college degree that led him to NORCOM and his position and everything like that. And it's just, it's amazing how the roles that, are, that people take, you know, back then and everything, you know, Norma was a homemaker and eventually she got a college degree and she graduated from college and stuff like that. Stuff can be done. But it's just, I just, I feel bad for Wayne. I mean, yeah, he he was, you know, a big jerk for the majority of the show's run, never took anything seriously. But in this moment, in this episode, this was Wayne Arnold's episode. This was the moment he had with his father that I don't think we have ever. And when I was covering the show, I'm like, yes, we had never seen a moment like that between Jack and Wayne. We saw plenty of it with Kevin and Jack. And also karen and jack were always butting heads but to see wayne finally have his episode here with his father is it's amazing and i just i wanted to compare it as you know two different you got wayne in 1972 who's not serious about school doesn't care about the sats you got dj in 1994 also comes from a good family and stuff like that who was very studious. She was very, you know, DJ was the one. She was always organizing school fundraisers, school dances. She was just editor of the school newspaper, all of that stuff. And just, I can't even begin to imagine the pressure that kids put on themselves to please not only their parents, but the, the bars that they set so high of what they want to achieve, not leave for their 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 family but also for themselves Like sometimes people do They just put so high limits That the bar is set so high You can't even reach it with your fingertips It's like That's why I'm like You want to set a goal for yourself That is amazing But why don't you start with baby steps And make goals reachable And then start you know extending the goals A little higher each time Don't make it so far out of your reach That you're going to feel like a failure If you don't You know get it the first time around that's why i mean i i i love the wonder years i just it's so close to my heart full house i grew up with full house as well that show is so that's why i do these shows because it's not just the funny parts but it's the lessons learning now that i'm looking back on these shows as an adult versus you know remembering some of the things i probably thought when i first Watched it when it first aired and you're thinking with a child's mind because you are a child You're not thinking hugely critical like you are when you're an adult. You're like really looking like really really But yeah, I just I wanted to I wanted because I love the, that episode of the wonder Year so much I love I love all the episodes. I mean, yes, there are a handful in season five and six that I'm like eh, All right, but then again, there's episodes in full house of season eight that I'm just like um, yeah, I'm not huge fan of. I th- I'm thinking that there are some in season eight, maybe even seven, that I'm going to group like a series of four episodes and just call them, you know, the weak sauce episodes. Like they weren't great, but they were you know, manageable <laughs> pretty much, so yeah, uh, one in particular, DJ's Choice, that is definitely going to be up there with a the week sauce episode, um, probably even up on the roof with Jesse and DJ, I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> uh. so yeah, I hope, honestly, you all have a, a great weekend, the weather is finally turning around, we're now in, what, the second, are we in the second full week of? April, let me look, let me, let me, oh, it's already 2.55 in the afternoon, hold on a second here, Uh, here we go, yes, we are, we are, we are in the second week of April, wow, it's amazing, gosh, we're going to be going into May eventually, and June, oh, I really hope that things get better, I really want to be back in our apartment by June, I really do, uh, you guys don't want to hear me complain about that anymore. It hurts me. I don't want to either. But um, yeah, I like bringing these episodes to you. I just I find it just fun, and it's just it's such it's such a nice distraction from what's going on right now. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and. Yeah, come back next week and I'll be covering the last episode of the Weird But Funny Dream Sequences, my left and right. (laughs) I'm just laughing thinking about the episode and when Lisa, Michelle's friend, is wrapping Michelle's feet in like saran wrap and then dunking her feet in like a bucket of ice water. Oh! Oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> all right Have a oh yeah um also if you want to email the podcast you can do so at omHcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and if you want to support the show you can go to itunes and leave a review all five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other full house and fuller house fans like yourselves bye-bye everybody